the Bible Study Podcast, Episode 86. This is the second in a series on the book of Second Timothy. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Let's continue with Second Timothy chapter 2. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who are also qualified to teach others. Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Similarly, if anyone compares competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. Let's hope the Lord will give me insight into all of this also. As we look at Paul's words here, again, we see Paul with that familiar and endearing phrase, my son, as he looks at Timothy, his spiritual son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ. What does that mean to be strong in grace? I think there's two different ways to interpret this, both of which are consistent with other places in the Bible. One is to live in that situation where he is in the grace of God, where he is not straying from what has been taught. And the other one would be to be full of grace, to be a gracious person himself and an instrument of grace to others. And I think both of those are consistent. Both of those, I think, are an accurate understanding of God's will for us. I'm not sure if Paul meant one or the other in this particular case. And the reliable things you heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to liable men. So he isn't in this by himself, get other people who are also qualified to teach, which makes sense. This isn't something where you have to bear this burden fully. Find other people who are reliable. One thing he's saying is Timothy is reliable and that there are others like him. And then he uses a series of analogies, a soldier, an athlete, and a farmer. And first he says endure hardship with us like a good soldier. So a good soldier at this time would be carrying heavy burdens, would be walking to where he's going. We we think of the Roman soldiers. It would be a vigorous sort of lifestyle. It would be a hard sort of life as you're off away. And he's saying, endure hardship like a good soldier. Understand that this is a battle, not, of course, against flesh and blood, but against the powers and the authorities of the spiritual realm. So he is saying, if we're going to be with Christ in this, we have to understand that there are forces against us. The devil and his demons are in opposition here. And this is an interesting phrase. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. So the analogy here is, if we are soldiers of the Lord, if we are moving forth God's agenda in opposition, again, not to people, but to spiritual forces, then we need to focus on what's important and following this focus on what is the commanding officer saying, what is it that God wants us to do, and not getting involved in other things. There's nothing wrong with civilian affairs. It's just the soldier knows that where his orders come is where he needs to listen. And so what he's saying is focus in on what is important and what is most important is winning this victory for Christ. And then again, he uses this athlete analogy. Similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. Now, that wasn't what I would be expecting him to say here. here. I expected him to say train or something, but he's saying that the athlete is 
focusing in on what the competition is about. The athlete, if he's a baseball player, he understands the infield fly rule. If he's a track star, he understands how to get a good start. If he's a swimmer, he knows to touch the wall. He understands what he is about and how to do it well. And I think similarly, Paul is saying, again, with this focus, understand what we're about and how to do it better. And the hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. This seems a little bit out of touch with the other verses here, which are talking about focus. This seems like maybe it's more related to the verses in First Timothy that we looked at that talked about not muzzling the ox, but it's not clear. And then Paul continues, Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying, If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. And Paul understands why he is going through this for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of Jesus, raised from the dead, descendant of David. Descendant of David would be talking about Jesus as king, King David. That's the line of kings when he mentions that. And whenever you see that, think of Jesus as Lord. So raised from the dead, descended from David. This is the gospel for which he's suffering and chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. God's word is not held back. God's word is not captured or contained and he endures he says therefore everything for the sake of the elect for the sake of those who will come to faith who god has chosen and then he goes through this analogy here that if we died with him we'll live with him if we endured we will reign if we disown him he will disown us if we are faithless he will remain faithful an interesting phrase for Paul. Remember, Paul is in the prison cell in Rome or in the house arrest in Rome, in chains, literally, and has already talked in the previous chapter about people having left him, people having disowned Paul, or maybe even disowned Christ. We don't know in this particular context so far. And so he's going through a tough time here, but he understands that endurance is victory. He understands that even death is not defeat. And he understands that God is faithful. And I think that's giving him the strength to endure. He goes on, keep reminding them of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have wandered away from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place and they destroy the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription, The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. So Paul's warning to Timothy, warn them before God against quarreling about words, which is of no value. 
I think he's saying it doesn't matter how persuasive the words, it doesn't matter how elaborate they are, it doesn't matter how fancy we turn a phrase, he's saying focus on the underlying truth, which is the gospel. And don't be quarreling over semantics. Understand the basic truths and hold them to that, is my understanding of what he's trying to say here. And present yourself as one who need not be ashamed and correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter. It's interesting, this is the third thing he's used here with words. Quarreling about words handles the word of truth and godless chatter. Godless chatter, chatter that is, I think, of words that don't accomplish anything. There's talk for the sake of talk. And it says as we do that, we become more and more ungodly. Their teachings will spread like gangrene. And apparently there are at least two here who he's saying have already wandered away from the truth. They're saying the resurrection of the dead has already happened. They're taking some people away from faith in God. But he says, stand firm that God knows those who are his. And he goes on to say, in a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes and some for ignoble. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, he will be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. This is a harder verse to try and discern what Paul is talking about. Other versions of the Bible, like the Amplified Bible, instead of articles here, say vessels. If we take vessels as the translation instead of articles here, then you can imagine, for instance, there are things that would hold food, there are pots and pans and serving dishes and those sort of things, and there are other things, things that would hold other stuff. There are chamber pots and garbage cans, and what are you full of? I think is partly the question here is what we fill our lives with determines to some degree what God is able to use us to do. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments, because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Those who oppose him he must gently instruct, in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. A lot of what Timothy is being instructed in here is maturity, spiritual maturity, and a lot of it is just a gentleness of spirit, a graciousness of spirit. Not heading towards the desires of youth, but pursuing righteousness, faith, love, and peace. That if we're filled with those things, again in the previous verse, what sort of things should we be filled with? Righteousness, being right with God, faith, believing and trusting in God, love for God, but also, of course, for others, and peace. This is something he reemphasizes here. Don't be one who is arguing. Don't be one who is quarreling. Don't be one who is resentful because you are filled with peace. You don't need others to agree with you to be at peace. You don't need to prove the other person wrong in the argument to be at peace. And if someone has done something against you, when you're filled with peace, you don't harbor resentment. So these, I think, are the things that he wants us to fill ourselves with. Just pick out the adjectives here so that we can be kind, so that we can be not resentful, gently, bringing people to repentance, helping people to come to their senses. That's the kind of life that Paul is encouraging Timothy. That's the kind of life that he would encourage us. One that is full of righteousness, faith, 
love, and peace. And with that, we'll bring this episode of the Bible Study Podcast to a close. If you have any questions, feel free to send them to host at the Bible Study Podcast or leave a comment at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. What happens when a writer and former history teacher goes toe-to-toe with his best friend, a nationally touring stand-up comedian? Total carnage, that's what. Two men enter, and two men leave, because that's how it works. <laughs> Actually, you get hilarious, real, and insightful conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. Join me, comedian Johnny W., and my pal, author and speaker John Driver, for Talk About That at LifeAudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.